what missionaries call us sometimes, and they'll say, uh, I'm going to be in Boise Sunday morning, and we're going to try to, we're looking for a meeting Sunday night, and I'll just say, not with me, all right? It's about eight hours from Boise to uh, Post Falls, Idaho. Idaho is a long state, and then it necks down there, we're up in the, um, we're up in the neck, the red neck, that's like... I don't know if you've ever been there. Um, we, we are, it is an independent area. I, I call it one of the last bastions of conservatism. Um, we are getting uh, a lot of move-ins from the left coast. coast and uh, so all, all the, 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 the conservatives are bringing their liberal children to uh, North Idaho. And it is beautiful. Uh, it's awesome. You maybe don't know where Post Falls is. Maybe you've heard of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And we're just, we're right next to it. Uh, we're about 20 minutes from Spokane, Washington. And uh, we're about 40 minutes, 50 minutes from uh, Montana. So we're up there in the neck, about an hour and a half to Canada. And uh, it is a beautiful, uh, beautiful area. Um, and we've been privileged to be there for 20 uh, three years we've been pastoring there. I've been pastoring there. Uh, the church was started 42 years ago in October, and I'm the third pastor. And uh, we're we're in a building project right now. And uh, so I still have most of my hair, and, and that's right. Do I? Because I don't. I can't see that. So I think I have most of it. So, um, so I, I, I want to. I'm backing up. I'm backing up a little bit from last night. I got in. Um, to the pulpit and um, just kind of went right into it. And that's okay. Uh, we needed to move on. But um, j- just want to say thank you. Thank you for your patience last night. My mind was here, but it was also home. When, when you're in a building project, Pastor Sal, or anyone else, or the Muller's been doing it, I'm sure these other missionaries, um, it doesn't matter what anyone tells you. I mean, as far as it's going to do this, it's going to be that. You don't believe them, and then it happens, all right? Uh, and, and I believed a lot of it, but man, it's just, it's, it's taken its toll. We're about a month away. We are a month away, hopefully. Uh, our grand opening is October 8th, and uh, we're hoping to have our first service that day. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, what the Lord's going to do with us through that uh, facility. But again, thank you for your patience and just dealing with my... Uh, I don't know, maybe speediness last night a little bit. And uh, I want to say thank you for your hospitality. It's been great being here. And uh, the gift basket, the basket, the hotel, the meals. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go home weighing more, and that's okay. And I want to say th- uh, thank you. I'm already, um, I'm, tomorrow night, I'm having walleye. I'm excited. That, that's my favorite fish, and that's my wife's favorite uh, freshwater fish. And uh, I grew up in Devil's Lake, North Dakota, and, and so I did that as a, a child. I, I um, ice fished and, and not ice fished and, and just enjoyed that. So I am I'm looking forward to that. So thank you for that hospitality in advance. And uh, uh, thank you for your testimony. What do I mean by that? Hope Baptist Church has a testimony of faith and faithfulness to the Lord and to his words. And I say thank you for that. Um, as, as a Bible-believing church, all right, uh, let me say, as a Bible-believing church in Idaho, we are thankful for Bible-believing churches everywhere, and we thank God for Hope Baptist Church. 
And uh, Pastor Sowell's been a friend for years. Pastor Marshall's been a friend for years. And, and I just, I, I appreciate your testimony. Thank you again for being here tonight. It's a Friday night. That's even more unusual than a Thursday night uh, being in church. And, you know, in particular, if you got saved, you know, past the age of, I don't know, 18, being in church on a Friday night, and whether you've been doing it now for 30 or 40 years or you've been doing it for one year, it's still unusual. Um, I, don't, I don't know about you, but you know, I got saved when I was 20, um, and, and I had a few years of uh, reaping the wrong way, uh, sowing the wrong way, and um, I'm, I'm still thankful and amazed uh, about being in church on a Friday night. I really am. So thank you for being here tonight. Um, thank you, missionaries. Uh, for being here and encouraging us. And uh, I, I love missions. I love missionaries. We have um, two missionaries. We have a couple missionaries out of our church. One more, more of a, uh, what would you call it? Uh, we, we, we take his money or take your money and give it to him. That's how it goes. Brother Moriarty in uh, Cambodia and now in Bangladesh. We're a clearinghouse more than anything. We're kind of a home church forum. But we have the Stedmans in the Philippines and we have the Hansons down in Chile. And um, it's, it's just such a privilege uh, to have supported missionaries for years and now to send missionaries. And uh, so thank you, missionaries. And, you know, in particular tonight, I'd say thank you to, for, to the Mullers. I love, I love Mitch and Liz Muller. And uh, they are out of uh, my best friend's church there in um, Linwood, Washington, Pastor Jason Murphy. And before that, it was Pastor Ken Blue. Um, we have history with that church. My dad was uh, trained there as well. And my brother David worked there as well. And uh, just I appreciate what they're doing down there. And, uh, you know, hope to be able to make a trip down there and, and see, see it firsthand. But wasn't the video excellent tonight? I, I, I mean, some videos are better than others. And that was one of the better than others. And uh, you just got to see different things. And uh, I, I appreciate that. So thank you. My wife is here somewhere. Is she here? She's in the nursery. She's awesome. I mean, really, she's in the nursery. Does that tell you how good she is? I mean, I'm not in the nursery, all right? All right, so thank you, nursery workers. And my wife is here. And if you've met her, now you know where Lucille got her beauty from. And uh, my daughter is Lucille Marshall. And um, she's married to that guy. And... Um, <laughs> It's, it's just thank you for loving on her, and it is good to see her, and uh, we love her, we miss her, um, but, but thank you for, for loving on her. Now, um, missions conference, and uh, we, are, we are here for a purpose, and uh, last night we just mentioned briefly uh, that the tithe is the Lord's, okay? So I know it's not all about money, but we are going to talk a little bit about money, and uh, not, not all about money, just don't have to get too nervous about that, all right? But, but somewhat about money. And the tithe, the tithe is the Lord's. We, we know that, right? We understand that. The tithe is the Lord's. Leviticus chapter 27. And you might say, well, that, that's Old Testament. Yep, it was before the law and it was during the law. And I think Paul makes a case for it being after the law as well. And uh, for, for in my life, just, you know, um, I, I was, you know, kind of had that same mindset for a little bit about the law business. And, and then I was reading Hebrews and some of you are going, well, that's Hebrews. And I would say, yeah, it's Hebrews in the New Testament. And I, I would say, here, here men that die receive tithes and there he receiveth them. And the Lord helped me with that in particular. And so the tithe, the tithe is the Lord's, the tithe goes to laborers, doesn't it? The, the laborers in the Old Testament 
they, they got the tithes. And uh, so in the New Testament, the preachers live of the gospel. Now, that doesn't mean they eat Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So common sense, which someone said one time is not too common, tells us that there was more to it than that. So the tithe goes to the laborers, right? The tithe goes to the laborers. The tithe is the least. It's where we start. It's, it's where we start. And uh, you, you might struggle with that. And I already mentioned last night, you can't tithe 3%. You can't tithe 11%. The tithe is 10%. And that's where you start. And uh, I, I remember starting. I remember quitting for a while. And, and, just, and, I, and I saw the, the, the blessing of the Lord shrink. Say where? Just, just little things. Just a little expense here and a little. You say, the Lord does that? Well, he did with me. Maybe he doesn't do that with you. But that's what he did with me because he was trying to teach me a lesson. And, and then I began to tithe again. And I saw that the tithe is the least. So we, we start at 10%. As a Christian, that's where I started. Now, I've been saved for 30 years. I, I, I mean, th- this, is, this is boasting in the Lord. I'm, I'm well beyond 10% at this point. Okay? Now, I can't afford 10%. So I can't afford well beyond 10%. But it's more blessed to give than to receive. That's what the Lord said. The Lord said it's more blessed to give than to receive. I don't know about you, but I need the blessing. Actually, I do know about you. You need the blessing. You say, well, what if I don't get the blessing? Well, if you're not getting the blessing, you're not necessarily getting the curse, but you're getting the blessing. And the blessing of the Lord, it makes what? And he addeth no sorrow to it, with it. So, so you need the blessing. So the tithe is the least. And then, and then the, the tithe is out of love. You know, I, you know, I tithe and then more. I, I loved, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. You, you love the Lord. Do you love the Lord? I mean, you know, of course you're going to say yes. You're in church. I, I think you love the Lord. Why do I think that? You're here on a Friday night. Okay. But because I love the Lord, I, I tithe. And, and because, the love, because I love the Lord's laborers, I tithe. And, and, and because I love the Lord's laborers, I also give to missions. And so, so what is missions? Well, missions is in essence, an, it's an offering, right? It's just going above and beyond. And we, we have other offerings that we give to. Right now, I mean, we're, I'm in a building project. So I give to a building project as well. That I can't afford any of these things. But, but the Lord allows and the Lord provides. And as I mentioned last night, haven't messed a meal yet. And uh, if, if we do, the Lord's still good. And so I'll tell you what, we, we've been talking a little bit about partnership tonight. So I want you to go to Ecclesiastes chapter number four. Ecclesiastes chapter four. Just, just a simple thought tonight, okay? And really, I don't have much more than simple thoughts. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm a simpleton, but I'm a simple Tim, okay? And... Oh, now you're used to puns. You have Pastor Marshall as your pastor. Come on. Uh, I've listened to a few of his, you know, the services. And a lot of times I'll just skip to the beginning or the end just to, just to hear the puns. And I do that with a lot of pastors, actually. But um, you're used to those. But I want to, you know, I want to keep it simple. And, and I think we can. We were talking the other day. And you ever walk away from a message and you're going, I think that was really good. And what you, what you like, I'm, I'm pretty sure because a lot of people hit the altar. 
or a lot of people raised their hand, and, but you're, you didn't really understand what the person was saying. I never want that to be the case. Now, you might not say, I think that was really good either. <laughs> I get that, but I want you to understand it. I always want you to understand it. And I think the Lord's that way. Um, I have a really good friend, mutual friend with many of the pastors, at least Pastor Bevins Welder. Has Pastor Welder preached here? Pastor Welder just has a way of taking, for me, complex passages of scripture and just to the point where I'm just, I, just, I scratch my head and go, I, I wouldn't have seen it that way in a thousand years. But, but he's taught me that if the Lord wrote it to us, he probably wants us to know it. Now, this isn't one of those complex passages. This is a pretty simple one. And Solomon writes here in Ecclesiastes chapter number four and verse number nine, two are better than one. Two are better than one. And he says, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if if two lie together, then they have... Heat, but how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Let's pray one more time, and uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about two are better than one. Father, thank you again. We can assemble tonight. Uh, It's just, it's just good. It's, it's, it's a blessing to be able to uh, to sing to you and for you and about you. Lord, it's a blessing to assemble with the saints. Um, the, the fellowship of the saints is, is a blessing. Uh, Lord, this, this world, um, you know, it's, it's, it's against us even when it's not against us. It has a way of dulling us. And you said, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friends. And Lord, I feel sharpened already this evening. Thank you. And I pray you'd help me to do the same with these uh, people this evening. Um, Thank you we can come before you. We have the access through our Savior's blood to come right before your throne. And uh, just just ask you for help. So we ask for help. Help us to have a a heart to receive, uh, ears to hear, eyes to see. Uh, what your word has to say about a little bit about this partnership with one another with missionaries in the local church and uh, Lord that we might be a help to one another and uh, Lord we just want to say again thank you for our Savior Jesus Christ and uh, that, w- that we get to be uh, with you forever one day is amazing but in the meantime help us to live for you who died for us and that we pray this all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, believing. Amen. So, uh, two are better than one. And, and he's going to tell you about the two because, you know, there are a time when two aren't better than one. Like, if you've got two idiots together, that's not better than one. Right? I mean, that's, that's an obvious, and again, that's common sense, but that's biblical sense as well. And that happens sometimes, but, but, but here he says two are better than one. He's going to go on, he's going to list a little bit of those uh, qualities here. And he says they have a good reward for their labor. So when he's talking about the two are better than one, he is qualifying it that they're laborers. And we've already heard tonight from Brother Muller uh, that we are, we are co-laborers. 
And we are co-laborers together with God. That would be the threefold cord, certainly that is not quickly broken or can be a, applied to that. But we are we're co-laborers with one another. But as we talk about missions tonight a little bit, we're co-laborers together with, with uh, the missionaries. And uh, so the Lord says two are better than one. And clearly the, the Lord knows this. The Lord put this in Solomon's heart to write this. He blessed it. He gave it to us. But we also see the practice of the Lord uh, in the scriptures. When he would send out his disciples, he would send them out how? By twos. Two and two. Sent those 70 out. Mark chapter 70 sent them out by two. In Acts chapter number uh, 13, when the men were praying there and and, uh, the Holy Ghost came on them. And he says, separate me now, Barnabas and Saul. Two. And, of course, we talked last night how those two end up splitting out. But, you know, when they go out, how do they go out? Because Barnabas and John Mark and Paul and Silas. And so two was a practice that was a scriptural practice because two are better than one. He says, because they have a good reward for their labor. Paul would say, well, I planted and Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And, and of course, planting and watering, that can be a seasonal issue, but it also can just be a practical statement that, hey, we're working together and I'm doing this. And while I'm doing this, then he's doing that. I told Brother Muller the other day, I said, I'd like to go down there sometime and not when you're having meetings and not when you're having a conference. And I just want to stand next to you while you're witnessing, just stand there, not know a word of what you're saying. I wish I knew. I hate going on mission trips and not knowing what they're saying, but that is the case when you're an American. Right? I mean, it's just, I, I, was, I was in Hawaii the other day just for a little break, and I was playing pickleball with my brother-in-law, and we ran into these two kids from Germany, and, and we were just done, and we were talking a little bit. And these, these kids, 16 and 15 years old, spoke three or four languages each. And yeah, well, we're Americans. We speak English, all right? So I just want to go there and stand next to him. Well, he says all that he says. I just want to stand there and pray. I mean, I would like to know it all, but what is that? Planting and watering and God giving the increase. Now, we can do that here as well, can't we? We can have a witness and we can have a silent witness to the Lord while that's going on. But we're talking about missions and two are better than one because they have a good reward, a good reward. You know, know, God's got good rewards for us, doesn't he? I mean, just, I mean, if we're going to be New Testament practical uh, application there that, hey, the Lord does keep account and we're going to give account. And the Lord says one day, not only am I going to give you eternal life, but I'm going to try everything in the fire and there's going to be this stuff, wood, hay and stubble that's going to have an ash heap. And then over here, you're going to have gold and silver and precious stones. And I'm going to reward you accordingly of the things that you did in your body, whether they be good or bad, right? He's going to give good reward. And on top of that, he's going to crown people, isn't he? Incorruptible crowns for people. Now, I mean, you just think sometimes, so, well, just being saved, that's enough. Well, that would be enough if that's what the Lord wanted for us. But he doesn't just want us to be saved. He wants us to labor and he wants to reward us. He wants a good reward for you. And you say, well, I, I, I don't know if I want a reward. The Lord wants you to have a reward. So you want to have a reward. I mean, you want 
what the Lord wants for you. That's what you should. I mean, this isn't like I'm trying to overcome your thoughts or hypnotize you and tell you, you want what the Lord wants for you. You want, no, no, no. You want what the Lord wants for you. And the Lord wants for you a good, a good reward. So how can that be accomplished? Well, he says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. And he gives us a couple different scenarios. He says, number one, verse number 10, for if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. So two are better than one. You know why? Because sometimes people fall. Sometimes people fall. And when, when we think about fall, I mean, I don't know, um, um, my mind many times goes to the worst. As, as pastor. Okay, so I, I mentioned last night, I'm in a family of pastors. Okay, my dad is, my brothers are, two of my, my, bro, my brother-in-laws are. And, you know, so we communicate a lot. Because we're, we're, we have commonality. And, um, you know, every now and then, I, and I remember in particular my dad calling me one time and he said, uh, did, you, did you hear about, here's what he said, how many of you know who Mike Roberts is? You ever heard of that name? Missionary to Vietnam? A good man. Okay. Uh, orphans and Vietnam vet and just doing a great work in Vietnam, I, I think. And he says, did you hear about Mike Roberts? And I went, oh, no. Immediately, I think the worst. And then he went on to tell me he's going to be in town next month. <laughs> that wasn't the worst. That was actually really, really good. But, but I immediately go to the worst. So sometimes we talk about uh, the fall or a fall. He says, for if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth for yet another to help him up. And it seems like the Lord's saying, uh, all are susceptible and none are immune to a fall. And I think you have to remember that. Um, I, know, I know it helps me that none are, all are susceptible and none are immune to a fall. And it might be a fall that is great or it might just be a trip up. Um, you know, sin... Uh, brings a fall in one's life, doesn't it? We, we, we would even talk about Genesis chapter number three and we would say the fall of man, correct? And uh, how sin entered in the world, death by sin, and then death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. And we would say that, that's, that's the fall of man. We would accurately describe it that way. Uh, but, but sometimes there's just faults that cause men to fall and sometimes there's just a snare. You know, the devil's setting, setting snares everywhere for you. And he takes captive many at his will. And uh, the Bible says, though, about that, that he's given brethren to help to recover from that snare. Look over to Galatians chapter number five. And so two are better than one because men fall. And I'm not suggesting that every missionary will fall. Uh, I'm not suggesting that all missionaries have fallen. I'm just saying that all missionaries are susceptible to the fall and none are immune. And we have an ability, a capability, an opportunity to help up and lift up so that, number one, they don't have to fall. Jude indicates that. We have our Savior Jesus Christ that will keep you from falling. But when they do fall... 
that we can help them up. And not, by the way, kick them. Now, I'm just going to... I'm going to say that every one of us has kicked someone when, we're, when they're down. If, if you're over 18, you've done that. This is not to scold you, or, but I'm just saying we don't have to do that. But we're Christians. We're Christians. And, and we need to help people when they fall. We need to help them to keep them from falling, but we need to help them when they fall. You say, what do you mean fall? I would say this, we're helping Brother Byer by praying for him tonight because he's going to have a weight on him that is going to take him down, down, down if his wife passes away. And in those cases, they'll be always second guessing and they'll always be, well, if, if she would have drank and she would have eaten, if she would have had, if she would have done, if she... Not, not, the, not the time. You know, there's a great verse in the Bible that says to rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep. You know, sometimes the best thing that we can do for someone is just cry with them. Comfort. You ever have that, you ever have this in your being and you say, I just, I just don't know what to say? Let me tell you who put that there. God. What should I say at that time? Nothing. Now again, we, I'll be the first to admit, I, I've said when I shouldn't have. But, but sometimes to help someone when they fall and just get next to them and just. I mean, Job's three friends sure get criticized a lot for what they said after the seven days. And, you know, I think the Lord has a whole critical text on it there, doesn't he? The book of Job. But they were there for seven days. Just just there. Why? Because their brother had fallen. And you know, from what I can read in the Job, he was uh, a book of Job, that he was an upright man, one that eschewed evil. The fall wasn't even his own fault. It was just an attack. Do you understand that as a Christian, that there are targets on you? Okay, now look, I'm not talking about they're listening to us right now. Now, they might be because we're live streaming it. <laughs> we're not even afraid if they're listening to us. <laughs> I, I was at a thing the other day and there was a man there who works for the CIA and, I, and, and his boss was there as well and we were talking about that and I said, but you already know that about me, don't you? <laughs> and he kind of laughed. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about We've got people that are down and they're fallen and they have a target on their back, these Christians. But I would say, hear, hear me out, that it's pretty clear in the scriptures that the man of God has a larger, more visible target on him. And when someone enters into Satan's territory, 
uh, they have a target on them. Okay, we're Satan territory. I, I know that he's the God of this world, but, but you heard Brother Muller say, you're, you're talking about a predominantly Catholic area. Costa Rica, Botswana, these missionaries. Brother Andy Hearn, who was going to be here up there in Nepal, where Buddhism and really what is Satanism reigns. A larger target. And, and so, so what can we do? Well, we can help them. Two are better than one. We, we hear, we thank you for your support, but we really need your prayers. You know why we hear that? Because they're thanking you for your support, but they really need your prayers. Someone came to me last night. She's not here tonight. She told me she wasn't going to be here tonight. She said, I got your name from my, your daughter, Lucy, and I pray for you. That just, that just blessed my soul. I don't care if she said it if prayed for me one time or prayed for me ten times. I, I don't even know her, but it, it knit. My heart to hers. Why? Because I need prayer. Not because I have a larger target. Because I need prayer. Pray for one another. So so the Bible says, I think I said Galatians chapter number uh, 5. Did I say that? I think I gave you the wrong one. 6, thank you. Can't read my own writing sometimes. There it is. Brethren, here's a fault. If a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual and look look now there's a there's a i think there's levels of spirituality i I think so so you have to check yourself out but you which are spiritual restore such an one in the spirit of meekness considering thyself lest ye also be tempted notice bear ye one another's burdens and so fill fulfill the law of christ and so so we restore look over to james chapter five and what what is this two are better than one our, we, we are partnering with missionaries, but we, we partner. Heritage Baptist Church, we, we partner with the Mullers. Hope Baptist Church, you partner with these missionaries. And you say, well, we only get to see them once a year or once every three or five or sometimes once every never. Like the, the Mullers, I, I, I'm just going to use them because I know them a little bit. They told us today, Mitch told us today that, hey, they, they, didn't, they didn't go on furlough for the first eight years. You know, so... so the, the, the churches that, and it wasn't many churches, but the churches that took him on from the beginning, they definitely didn't even see him for eight more years. So he shows up, you know, if he does get to go back and report to those churches, and many of the people in those churches, they have no idea who he even is, and he's thanking them. But it's a partnership between the church and the missionaries. Two, two are better than one. You are Hope Baptist Church. This building is just a tool. This building is just a facility. You are Hope Baptist Church, and you are better with them, and they are better with you. I can't tell you how many missionaries write to us or write back to us or text us or I'll Marco Polo with a few different missionaries, and, and thank you, Brother Tim, and we are praying for you. What is that? It's a partnership. And two are better than one because... Well, people fall. Look over to James chapter number 5. Look at verse number uh, 19. James chapter 5. And look at verse number 19. Brethren, if any of you do err from the faith, uh, truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his ways shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. That's, that's what I want to do. I want to help. 
there's an accountability partnership there, I, I think, as well. But two are better than one because, because all are susceptible to the fall and none are immune. Go back here to Ecclesiastes chapter number four. Remember we said last night that you're either one or you're an other. <laughs> and, and, and that's what we're doing. We're helping out. One of us is helping out another. The Hope Baptist Church, the one, is helping out another. That's how it goes. And uh, two are better than one. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, falleth for he hath not another to help him up. <laughs> um, we, we, when I read this, I forgive my... Uh, 1980s or 90s sadistic mind but I, I hear maybe it's not even sadistic I just I see a little old lady on the ground and ready to press her button and it says help I've fallen and I can't get up <sighs> we ought to be the help There's so many ways we can do that today, right? There's so many problems and issues and, and things I hate about technology, but there's a lot of blessings of technology. Like in, in, in seconds, we can text and say, hey, bro, I'm praying for you. Hey, bro, I'm praying for you. And, and by the way, and mean it and have done that. And it'll encourage. Why? Well, because... Because the servants of the Lord have a target, and the snares and the, uh, of Satan are out there. They have faults, and sometimes that trips them up. And then, of course, there's that sin issue, and all have sinned. And we can help up the fallen. Number two, Ephesians, uh, Ephesians Ecclesiastes chapter 4, look at verse 11. Again, all right, so same context, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat, but how can one be warm alone? Now, some of you are right away are going, how are you going to handle that one? Carefully. I, 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 would, I would just say this because I like to alliterate for my own personal help, but, but two are better than one when you're frozen. <laughs> when you're frozen. I look over to Matthew chapter 24. Here's that sin thing again. Matthew chapter number 24. And th- these are probably somewhat familiar passages when you get there. Look at Proverbs. Uh, uh, they say Proverbs, Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter number 24. And uh, c- certainly we're in the, 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 the last days. And c- certainly this passage deals with that time. Um, look at Matthew chapter 24 and look at verse 11. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. In verse 12, and because iniquity shall abound. Don't we see that? I mean, is not iniquity abounding? It has been. It has been for 6,000 years. But I feel like we're seeing it abound at an even greater pace. Maybe some of it is because that we have the ability to know about it so quickly. Right? I mean... Prior to the invention of the telegraph, it took a while for news to get across the world. And we're a little bit beyond the telegraph, aren't we? And so, so we, we, we see iniquity all over. And by the way, some, sometimes we plunge ourselves into the iniquity in and of our own selves. 
Not the sin. We're not sinning ourselves, but we're viewing it. We're viewing it. And we're viewing it constantly. Stop it. Just, 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 just stop it. it it'll be there. Don't, don't be sure of it. But, but we don't need to see it all. It'd be, be good to be simple concerning that evil. It, it's there. But, and we know about it. But here, here's what he says about that. Because iniquity shall abound. The love of many shall wax what? Cold. The love of many. I, I would say that, again, all are susceptible and none are immune. Our, our love can begin to wax cold. We, we, we have a, a love for the Lord that we're supposed to have, correct? The, the, the first commandment is to, to, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, body. Just everything that we got, all that was in, is within me, David would say. Lord, I love you. And it's, it, it just starts to wax cold. We, we don't tell them we love them. We don't act like we love them. We do. We do. But we're not expressing it. It's not, it's not there. We, it, something happened. It's not just... It's not always your sin in your heart. It's just the sin that's all around us. And it causes a, like anger, a bitterness, and just this dis- rotten taste in our mouth. We, we look at those people who blame God for things or shake their fist at God's face and how, how could you do that? And that would never be us. But our love is waxing cold. And then because our love waxes cold for the Lord, that's the first and great commandment, our love for others begins to wax cold, doesn't it? And we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. Well, who's my neighbor? Well, you know, the Lord had that question asked to him. And we have the story of the good Samaritan. And which of you do you think was the neighbor? He that showed mercy. We, we, we begin to sin abounds. Our heart waxes cold. Our love waxes cold. Our love for the Lord wanes and our love for our neighbor. It can become non-existent if we're not careful. They're, they're just, yeah, they're, that's, that's my neighbor. Yeah, they're lost. They'll never get it. You know, someone said that about you. Not, not if you got saved in Sunday school. Well, maybe. <laughs> that kid. But, but some of you were that guy. My, my dad, by the way, was that guy. My dad got saved May 5th, 1976. He was a pot-smoking hippie in a little town in North Dakota, and he stole a CB radio. That, that was a radio that you had to click on. It was in a tractor. 
that people drove, not computers, and you'd say, and over and out, and all that sort of stuff. He stole that. And he got caught. And the sheriffs hated him, and they wanted to throw the book at him, and they just, he was just, he was that guy. And an old uh, farmer, his name is Larry Shagun, who was a Gideon. Sheriff came in, and they wanted to take him to the to the jail, and, and Larry said, we'll take care of John. And they sat down at their table, and, uh, and they gave him the gospel. And he got saved. A couple, couple years ago, uh, my brother Daniel was back in town. Uh, my, so my dad was in the area. My brother Daniel pastors in Bismarck, North Dakota, and they were going to go to a funeral. And, and Daniel says, are you going to stop by Larry's and say, you know, Hi. And my dad's just, he, well, what for? <laughs> Dad says, well, because we'd like to meet him and say thank you. <laughs> so they stopped. And my dad was out in the garden with Larry's wife and talking about gardening. And, and my brother Daniel was at the table with Larry and he took out a picture of our family. And look, we're nothing. We're just, we're the Habman family. And <laughs> you just... Got it at the table there, and and he, and he said, you know, this is my brother Tim, and he's a pastor in Post Falls, Idaho. This is his wife and kids. This is my sister Sarah, and her and her husband are in Kona, Hawaii. And th- this is my brother David, and he's in Kalispell. And here, here's our family, and we're, we're in Bismarck. And here's my sister uh, Becca and her husband Josh, and he pastors in Missoula. And here's my sister and her husband Rachel, and this, this farmer and. Big old farmer hands. Tears just coming down his eyes. Larry, Larry Shagun led one guy to the Lord in his whole life. In fact, as far as we know, because we stopped by there a couple years ago with our family and got to meet him. His wife said, he just never was much of a witness. Always wanted to be a witness and asked the Lord if I could just tell someone. He told someone. One. I, I can't win them all. Could you just go to one neighbor? See, our heart gets cold. And you know, you know what we need? We, we need some fervency. <laughs> See, we need someone that doesn't, I'm going to be careful about the, the passage here, Ecclesiastes chapter number four. They're lying alone and can't get any heat, right? They need someone to, now, just kind of, you know, get up, snuggle up. Next to them a little bit, if you could let me use that terminology. You know, there's a thing that can happen to people in the cold. It's called hypothermia. And when that begins to happen and is happening, uh, especially in survival situations, they, they get down skin to skin in a sleeping bag. And that person who is cold will draw off the heat of the person who is warm to try to rescue their life. You know what we got to do sometimes? We just got to, I don't even know you, brother. Sorry. We okay? Sorry. <laughs> just got to make sure, I mean. Hey. Now, you don't have to say, now, brother, I noticed you were pretty cold. You don't love the Lord like you do, and I noticed you don't love your neighbor. Right? But just, hey. I'm, I'm here. Years ago, my brother David and I, we hiked up Bonner Mountain. Now, look, I am, 
I'm not a hiker. Okay. I hunt with my brothers, but I, I, I do call myself a hiker with a gun. They're the hunters. I just carry one. All right. I, I, I am not a camper. All right. I, I figure that for 5,900 years or so, people were trying to get out of tents. I'm out. I don't want to go back in. People say, if you camp with me, and they're like, they list all the things that I have in my house that I don't have to tow. And I was like, yeah. I like my Sealy Posturepedic. I love my espresso machine. Oh, but my coffee, it has leaves in it. Nah. Anyway, my brother David and I, we went hiking up Bonner Mountain. That's right behind my parents' house there in Missoula, Montana. It's not, it's not really a mountain. It's a couple thousand feet. But we just went up there and we do some, some uh, scouting. And I don't even know. It was June. So the days were you know, somewhat warm, 70, 75. And, and uh, we left after work. And we went up the mountain. We both had little backpacks. And there's a spring up there that we filled our canteens with. And we had some, some, some uh, food as well. And so we got to the point where we found a somewhat flat area where we could sleep for the night. And we started a fire. And then, and then we kind of both looked at each other. And we pulled out our sleeping objects. And I, I, I pulled out my sleeping bag, and you know, I'm, I'm about six foot, and my sleeping bag was about four foot six inches. <laughs> and then my brother David pulled out his sleeping arrangements, and he pulled it out. It was this light blue blanket that if you looked, we could see you through it. <laughs> now, we're men. You know, we're not going to complain or whimper or anything like that so we got our fire started that's going to keep us warm and so you know we're, we're laying on each side of the fire because we're men and we're laying on each side of the fire and 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 about you know three in the morning that fire's dying down and the temperature's dropping down into the 40s ish just for illustration's sake it was probably about zero and and I I, I say Dave are you awake and he says I am now I said, I'm I'm really cold. He says, me too. I said, I'm coming over to snuggle with you. (laughs) So on the side of Bonner Mountain, my my brother David and I, we snuggled and we got some heat. (laughs) You know what? Sometimes we get cold and we just need a brother not to snuggle with us. We need a sister, brother, just to come up next to us and, and warm us up a little bit. We talked a little bit about the fervent or mind last night, and the Bible talks about a fervent mind. We all know those people. The Bible talks about a fervent spirit. The Bible talks about fervent prayers. And... Uh, what is that for? Uh, to warm up the cold. Why? Because two are better than one. Number three, and lastly, look over to Ecclesiastes chapter four and look at verse number 12. And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. You know, two are better than one in the fight. Two are better than one in the fight. Hey, there's a fight going on. So I'm not much of a fighter. There's a fight going on. 
And uh, if, if you don't stand in the fight, you're going to be knocked over. Because the enemy is fighting and he's not slowing down. He, he knows that he has but a short time. And uh, we ought to understand that our salvation is nearer than when we believed. We have but a short time. And, and it's not time to lay down in the fight. It's not time to sit down in the fight. It's time to fight the good fight. And the examples in the scriptures are, I would say, numerous. And we already saw that the Lord sent out his disciples two and two, but two are better than one. Look over to 2 Samuel. Two are better than one in the fight. Why? Well, if, if one's prevailing against him, then two shall withstand him. You say, that's not fair. Hey, the devil's not fair. <laughs> I, I don't know there is such thing as a fair fight. Like a real fight, there's no fairness. Like you don't start before you're going to fight someone and say, okay, no biting, no kicking, no scratching, no gouging. No, 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 no. Those are all, this is a fight. The, the devil doesn't play that way. He, he wants to steal, to kill, and destroy. There's no rules with him. Now, I, I understand that the Lord's got sovereignty. I don't understand the sovereignty, but the Lord's got sovereignty. I'm just saying there's a fight going on. You're in the fight. Our missionaries are in the fight. And two are better than one. Why? Well, sometimes that fight is too much for them to handle on their own. And two shall prevail against him. Oh, this is clearly illustrated here in 2 Samuel chapter number 21. 2 Samuel chapter number 21, look down there to verse number 015. 2 Samuel, I got to get there myself. 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse 15. Uh, moreover, the Philistines had yet war again with Israel, and David went down and his servants with him and fought against the Philistines, and, the David, and David waxed faint. And Ishbi Benob, which of the son, was of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear weighed 300 shekels of brass and weight, he being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. But Abishai, the son of Zariah, secured him, that's help, and smote the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swear unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, thou sh that thou quench not the light of Israel. You, you, know what, you know what David, the man of God, needed? You know what David the soldier needed? He needed help. Hey, if David needed help, you need help in the fight. And uh, two are better than one in the fight. I, I love the story of Jonathan and his armor bearer. Right? I mean, if you're a man, you, you know what story I'm talking about? We'll look at it, 1 Samuel chapter 14. I'll, I'll, I'll close with this. 1 Samuel chapter 14. Because this is this point number three, this last point, we're talking about two are better than one. We're in a partnership here. Hey, we're helping one another out. And for illustration's sake, we're talking about Hope Baptist Church and we're talking about our missionaries and, and when, the, when, the, when they fall. It, it might be a burden they're under. Hey, it, it might be a fault. It might be they got sorry. It might be a sin. We need to be there to help. Two are better than one. Hey, when, when they get frozen. They're, look, missionaries are people too. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, missionaries are heroic to me, okay? I just, I just, not all of them, but, but many of them. You say, which ones? 
especially the ones who go back for a second term. Like, really? Like, you're going to go back there? Oh, you, you had Malawi last night, and the brother said, hey, would you be willing to go to... I'm glad he didn't ask me. Because Malawi spells malaria. Right? Now, if the Lord calls you, the Lord wants me, I got the missionary asking me now to come to Malawi, and I'm just, yeah, North Idaho doesn't have that big of mosquitoes. But missionaries are people too, and they get cold. They get hardened. They need some heat, and they're in the fight. 1 Samuel chapter 14, and... Uh, here we are again, fighting against those uh, Philistines and, and uh, Jonathan here, the son of Saul, he, he's got a plan. And I love verse 1, it came to pass upon a day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said unto the young man that bears armor, come and let us go over to the Philistines garrison that's on the other side. But he told not his father and they go and verse 6, they get the thing and his armor bearer, verse 7, said unto him, I love this, this is, this is where we need to be. Do all that is in thine heart, turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. I mean, we, we ought to be able to, we ought, we ought to be able to go to the missionary and just say, hey, we're with you. What, what the Lord puts on your heart, we, we are, we are with, you, you turn, you go out, hey, I got your back. I got your back. Hey, hey, we got your back. You, you go to that fight and, and you just turn, you take that sword and you do what you got to do and we'll grab a stone and you hack and we'll whack and we got your back. We got your back. We're not going to stab you. We're going to help you. Hey, Pastor, we got your back. You just turn. I don't understand this missions thing all the way. I, I think I'm trying to figure it out a little bit. I don't understand it all the way. But hey, you, you're telling us it's the good thing and it's the good way and it's the right way. You, you, you turn, you go, we got your back in this thing. You know why? Because two are better than one. And there's a fight going on. And we need to help the brethren. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their life. That's, that's what we want. Why? Because that's what the Lord wants. We're, we're in partnership. But let's, let's here, here we go again. Let's be together. Let's be on the same page because we're on the same team, Team Jesus. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you again for your word. Thank you. <laughs> thank you that, uh, I mean, Lord, we got no better partner than you. I mean, you, you're for us and you're with us and you're in us. And thank you. And we just, we just say, uh, we need you. We can't do anything without you. Thank you, Lord, tonight for these missionaries and the many missionaries that are represented on the board back here. And Lord, tonight, we just, we lift them up to you. Uh, Lord, some are just, they're riding the wave of souls being saved and lives being changed and, and, and just 
Things are hot and happening and we praise you for that. And we ask God that you would bless them and encourage them and strengthen them. Lord, Lord, others are getting hit by the tidal wave. And they feel like they are under it. Uh, Lord, we know, we know um, that um, many, several are, 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 are coming off. They're coming off the field. They're not quitting the fight. They're not quitting on you, but they're coming off the field. And Lord, that is between you and them. But Lord, those that could be sustained, we ask you sustain them. We pray that you'd help them through this trial, this difficulty, this issue, this, this thing that is over them. Lord, warm them up. Help them in the fight. Lord, may they, may they win a victory today. A Lord, a victory that'll keep them going till tomorrow. And we'll, we'll thank you for that. Thank you for Hope Baptist Church and for their faithfulness in these endeavors. And I pray that you'd encourage them. I pray that you'd continue to grow their faith. May, may, they, may they continue in this partnership with you and your labors. And I pray this all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, believing. Amen.